Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. I'm Elizabeth Woodson, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Adam Hawkins and Tamarcus Raglan. We want to take a moment to talk about our favorite books, movies, and albums of the year. This is one of my favorite episodes to do because it's fun to hear what you guys have been listening to, watching, and reading. And so let's jump in. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Good. You're good. Good. My wife just texted me that um, somehow our car is smashed up, but none of us knows how it happened. So I think it was probably my fault. <laughs> you got a debt on the side of your car? <laughs> you it's pretty bad. It came from? <laughs> I went to the store yesterday and I think somebody may have hit it and I'm just so clueless I didn't see it happen. You know, like while I was inside, I mean. Yep. So yeah, it's pretty bad, actually. It's not great. Well, it still works, it sounds like. Yeah, but it's notice. just like... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's not a great... That's not just a dent. Somebody, like... Okay, well, apparently... It's cool, whatever, man. You haven't been paying attention <laughs> to your car. No, but because I've have... been paying attention to culture, y'all. Come on. There it is. <laughs> okay, so let's start with books. What's your favorite, Tamarcus? Um, I got a couple. Uh, the first I read earlier this year, one of my old professors from uh, Moody recommended it uh, to me. It's called Resonance by this, um, he's a German. His name is uh, Hartmut Rosa. And long story short of his idea is like um, just talking about how fast paced life is and how we live in this culture that is just constantly pressing forward. Um, and you get this this sense of feeling of like, man, if I don't keep going, then I'm going to get left behind but like all of us are trying to like claim our stake and and keep up and a lot of times what we feel as a result of that is just kind of like dissidence between you know life and what's going on around us and he talked about how actually the things that give us uh what we feel the most joy and the the things that are most meaningful isn't the rustle and bustle of trying to get that promotion or trying to keep up with the latest whatever it is but it's when we experience these moments of resonance with other people and with the environment around us that often happens when we slow down rather than speed up. Uh, and so it was, it was really interesting, especially thinking about um, just how we've really had to slow down and been forced to slow down over the past year or so. Uh, what was that guy's last name? Uh, Rosa, R-O-S-A. Is that the philosopher too that you've been reading and telling me about a lot? Uh, that's Jacques Lule. Yeah, Jacques Lule. He's French. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's another book I read. The that's- Technical Society. Yeah. Looking for a good read. It's pretty uh, technical, but uh, <laughs> basically, what he'll let you leave you believing is, yeah, technology is just leading us to a slow demise. And so, if we now to kick, but kind of, well, yeah. What else? Hmm. Uh, lately, what I'm reading again uh, is The Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Um, I just think straight up, as a black man, there has not been another book that has put words to things that I like experience or uh, are even wrestling with in myself uh, in such like artful and like just exact 
in Zach Ways. Uh, it's just a yeah, it's a good book to that I've come back to a couple of times, but I've been rereading it this year, and there's been some aspects of it that have jumped out to me uh, yeah. different than before. But yeah, Ralph Ellison has a he has a tap on. He does. I think that just the experience. So. And that's a good fiction. Not as technical as the technical society. All right. <laughs> Something lighter, kind of. What about you, Elizabeth? I have been reading a couple different things. One is I tend to read things that um, kind of aren't all in the theological holes because mm-hmm. that's what I tend to do for a living. Mm-hmm. And so a book that just came out uh, is Will Smith's like self-named book. And so for those who want to read it, it has profanity in it. I feel like I need to make that disclaimer but it is fascinating to see kind of how this regular kid from Philly becomes this mega movie star and the intentionality in which he did that. Like there is this, um, I'm listening to Audible and so you get to hear him read it and he raps. The, oh, it's his voice? It's his voice. Oh, it's that's awesome. Great. Just for that. Um, and just his career as a hip hop star and then how that transferred to acting and how he literally didn't have any experience acting. But he just steps into it because of who he had been developed into just through his childhood and teenage years. Um, But there is this, um, I forgot what I was going to say. It probably didn't matter. Um, But just to see the, how his faith weaves into that. So he's, he's not, I don't want to say that he's a Christian, but he has like, like a lot of um, like black culture, just the tradition of the black church and the faith of a grandmother, but then some other spiritual things going on. And so you kind of see them weave together, but also the intentionality, this is what I wanted to say, of when he has a childhood friend who's his manager and he's asking, he was like, dude, what are we doing? Like, what is the goal that you're shooting for? And he's like, I want to be the biggest movie star out there. And this is before he had made any of his movies. Wow. And just all the deci- like it's all the decisions that he made, how he was intentional, how he views possibilities in life. It's just fascinating to see how someone I grew up watching on TV, right. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, mm. how he came to be. And I love those kind of stories, the making of a person. So it's great. That well, book has you, that- been recommended to me a ton of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I gonna say that scene in the Fresh Prince when he uh, oh. was talking about his dad. He leaving. did that in the book. That was that was when I knew. I said he's on his way. That was make such that a good scene. scene. I cry every time I see Everybody it. Everybody I know watched that growing up. Like in our generation. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Watch that show. That was such a, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to read that. I'm actually like writing down everything you guys are saying too. I feel like I always learn stuff, you know? Okay. I hope our listeners write some things wherever you comment on this show because yeah. I'd love to see what people are yeah. listening to and, and reading and yeah. Awesome. What about okay. you? Oh, yeah, so um, I don't know that mine, maybe one of them, no, I don't think any of mine are from 2021, but they are books that I've read in 2021. So uh, the first we've mentioned before on the show, it's called Dominion by a guy named Tom Holland, yeah. who's not Spider-Man, but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's a fascinating book um, that I feel like should be probably required reading for Christian history. That's what I would mm-hmm. say. And basically the the book traces... Um, where so many instinctual things come from for us, uh, they come out of a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world now where people want uh, the kingdom without the king, is what yeah. we say a lot around yeah. here. And he basically, um, Tom Holland talks about how that happens. So we take for granted that things like we believe that people are uh, valuable, 
just in general. Yeah. Like even if you run into somebody on the street, you're like, um, are human beings, you know, uh, created with worth? You know, most people would be like, well, yeah, of course that's true. That's why we want to protect them and do all these things. But that was not what people thought for thousands and thousands of years, right? Um, uh, human rights, ideas like you shouldn't take candy from a baby. These just little things that we just take for granted, like none of that existed, like for instance, in the Viking culture or in certain pagan cultures or a Roman culture or around the world. And so what he does is he kind of traces a story about how Christianity shapes the world. So it's brilliant. Hmm. Um, that's my nonfiction pick. My fiction pick is um, called With All Your Heart by a theologian named Craig Troxell. And that book it's just really good. It's all about the metaphor of the heart in the Bible. And so the heart in the Bible is sort of the idea of the innermost self. And it's where thoughts, so mind, your cognition exists in the Bible. So if the Bible, if you're reading the Bible and you see the metaphor of the heart mentioned, sometimes it's referring to your thoughts. Sometimes it's re- referring to your desires or your love. Sometimes it's referring to your will or your choices. Sometimes it's referring to your emotions. And I, I think as we think about how to disciple people and how the church disciples people, there are ways the church has done a really good job um, of engaging maybe the mind, but maybe not the emotions. Mm. And so this book has been a reminder of, hey, we are more than mind, we're more than will, we're more than emotion, we're all those things combined. So that's been a really interesting book from a theological perspective. And then the final one is actually a short story, which has just been... I reread a couple short stories from my sort of college years slash late high school. I reread them every once in a while because I had a huge impact. One was called The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas. I don't know if you remember this film, but or not film, but uh, story. It's a short story. The other one is Harrison Bergeron by Vonnegut. And um, I think this short story is so important for people to read, and it's that that how do you struggle with being an individual in a society? How do you struggle with having natural talents and gifts in a world where there are some advantages and there's some disadvantages? And Vonnegut wrote in 61, he wrote this book, I mean, excuse me, this short story, and it's just incredible. And the world is a dystopian future where basically everyone is made to be the same. And the way that they ensured equitable outcomes was by basically uh, doing insane things to people. So if you were smart in this society, you had to wear earphones that every 20 seconds an alarm would go off in your ear so that you couldn't think uh, if you're stronger than people, you had to wear birdshot bags that weighed you down. If you had better vision, you had to wear glasses that blurred your vision. If you were beautiful, you had to wear a mask so that people didn't feel offended by your beauty or feel bad about themselves. And just on and on you go. And so hmm. it's this comment about society and saying, like, how do we how do we exist in the society where it's actually built into the world that there are these inequities and how do we, how do we deal with that? Like, how do you wrestle with that? And I think a world that's obsessed with identity right now, obsessed with same and difference and those kind of things, it's just what can happen if you go down the route of tyranny as you try to answer these questions. And it's just a beautiful story. Basically, um, I'll just say the final scene because it was written in 61 and you probably read it in high school and forgot. But basically this 14-year-old kid is abducted from his parents. He's he's uh, an incredible human being. He's got strength and power and all this stuff. And there's this ballet happening. And in a suicidal move of sort of self-declaration, he takes the bags off. He pulls out his earplugs. He 
takes his mask off and he dances this beautiful dance with this other woman and they almost fly. They almost fly around the room because they're finally not weighed down by the, you know, expectations of society, by the by being pulled down by the other and they're killed. And his parents watch it happen on government TV and then the alarms go off in their earphones and they're crying tears and they can't remember why they're crying tears. And it's just this beautiful God. kind of um, warning. And I just love it. I think it's really great. It helps me wrestle. It is a counterpoint okay. to some of the narratives and I really like it. So anyways, Harrison Bergeron, I'll take you 20 minutes to read and okay. at the end you'll be upset. Man, going to read that one. Yeah, it's great. All right, y'all. Music. Mm. What have you been listening to? What should our listeners listen to? You answer that first. I want to know what you've been listening to. Okay. I had an answer for this, and then Adele released her album. Okay. Mm. Yep. And it's just, I'm a huge, I have a couple, because music is kind of the space I live in, mm. but I'm a huge Adele fan, and I appreciate this last album because I think there's a lot of transparency, a lot of honesty just about her journey, um, about being a single mom and finding mm. love again, and just even her struggles with anxiety um in isolation and loneliness and like she just has some parts on the album where she's just talking and sharing her personal experience um and whether it's like a clip from a therapy session or she's just talking to a friend um or just talking in the studio they include those clips those oh, yeah. yeah whoa and it's just is like the year we've come off of oh man like all, a lot of a lot of us are just struggling, mm-hmm. and so I think for her to meet us there, yes. which is the beautiful voice that she has, it carries so much emotion and makes not that pain is beautiful, but there's you see the beauty in the journey. Mm. Um, and I just I've been waiting a long time, and I don't want to be one of those people who demand that artists give us their art. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really happy That's when great. Adele blessed us with another <laughs> album. Man, I'm gonna piggyback on that because that was on my list too. I am a huge Adele fan. Um, I mean, I think even just to to some of the previous stuff I was reading, like I, one of the things I appreciate about her is she does not fall into that trap of I need you to give me like 30 songs every year, mm. maybe twice a year. Like mm. her out, and you can tell when you listen to it, like it's slow cooked. Mm-hmm. Like this is this came from somewhere. Um, it's thoughtful, it's thought provoking. And I remember, I think track three was if you were referring to when she she got like clips of her son on there. I couldn't get through the album because I listened to that song like three times in a row because it was just like, man, this is so. She didn't have to give us herself like that. Mm -hmm. And she did anyway. And I I know a bunch of people who have uh, personally in my life who are like have similar stories of Mm -hmm. going through divorce and still having kids at home and like how do I wrestle with that how do I wrestle with that with kids and like that just like resonated in such a powerful way she just yeah she gives real music that lasts I love that I need to listen to that album guys you need to listen I, to I, the have album. Not, I haven't didn't she do a concert or something that was on TV recently or something it was she like did a an really interview big with deal. Oprah that maybe yeah, that's she's what done it was. multiple things yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense um I'm with you guys in the sense that like I feel like so many things are coming out right now so I kind of have a list and I'm like, oh, I don't know. So um, there's an artist that I've been listening to a ton recently. His name is, I think it's Dijon. <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys seen him? 
Nope. I'm showing them a picture uh-uh. right now. Anyways, he to me is like a throwback to writing these like real love songs, which I feel like we miss now. Everything's mm. so surface level, yeah. everything's so sexualized. And he writes music that's just absolutely beautiful and emotional and um really love him. He did a really cool song maybe a year or two ago called The Stranger, where he invited some folksy singers on. And he's more he's maybe a little more R and B. Uh, that, that's a, it's hard to kind of put him in a category, but, uh, I mean, just, he's great and he experiments with things. So I really like that. Um, Porches is a band I like a lot and they actually released a great album last year, but they just released something. I listened to a lot of, um, this rec- beach house, which is a band I like just released something. So there's a lot there that's like just coming out. Um, and I need to explore it a little bit more. Uh, but those are some, there's a guy named Petey, actually, P-E-T-E-Y, who's this goofball, uh, but he wrote a really good album called Other Self, and so I listened to that a lot this year. So those are mine. I mean, okay. there's probably more there, but for sure, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, check out that Dijon guy, though, uh, if that's how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry. If it's I know not. another one for me, given the season. Uh, it actually came out in 2016, I think, and then was re-released last year. Um, Chance the Rapper and uh, oh, yeah. Jeremiah has a Christmas album. Okay. Um, yeah, it's called Merry Christmas, Little Mama, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Yeah, so I good. love that. And it is it is so good. Like, it feels like Christmas at your grandma's house uh, with your cousins, mm. like, hanging, laughing, the difficulty that comes around sometimes, oh, maybe yeah. sitting at the table with family stuff going on, and it's like, uh, and then it's redemptive at the end, yeah. like a good Christmas yeah, yeah. vibe is. It's, and it's just fun. Uh, yeah. Also, disclaimer, it's not all PG, but it's a good album. Mm. Mm. Another one for me is uh, Common released uh, A Beautiful Revolution. It's like a two-part CD. And I think he released the first part in 2020 and the second part in 2021. And so Common for me is... Um, like, I listen, grew up on a lot of just hip-hop. And so he yeah. just is, like, this warm, like, familiar space of these Chicago beats. And it's just, one, just musically, it's just beautiful. Mm. Um, whether it's jazz or they have some Afro beats or the, your, your typical kind of, like, conscious rap. Like, it's, like, Black Thought is on there, which he's from The Roots, which is the Ooh. band. Is it Jimmy? What band is it? Yeah, that's uh, Kimmel's band. J- Jimmy Kimmel. So if you yeah. watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, that's the band that Black Thought is from. The Roots, um, just classic goodness in hip hop. And so he has a song on the CD called Imagine. And he just talks about really this reality of what if the world we live in was kind of this utopia. Um, But he uses the references of all these social issues that plague communities of color. Mm. He's like, what if these things didn't affect us and we could just live in beauty um, and just enjoy life and enjoy each other? And so it's just it's a fun thing to think about of how other people are processing um, kind of the brokenness in the world and giving hope. Um, And so it's just a good listen because Common is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love, uh, I've loved Common stuff for a while. Didn't he, was he with Erica Badu for a while? He, I think he was. I think he was. I think he was. See, she's from Dallas, so I feel like we have to like very, I feel a a loyalty to her, um, even Mm -hmm. in her craziest moments. So, uh, but we're not going to talk about those because we're loyal (laughs) to Erica Badu. I'm just saying. (laughs) So just the fact that he was with her makes, makes makes me like him even more. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Movies. Mm, 
kick us off, Adam? No. Yes. Fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> is that the I name of the like movie? Elizabeth is gonna have the best stuff. I just hope she does because you and I were talking, and it was like we haven't seen anything this year. I don't know what happened to me. I really don't because I usually love movies. And I mean, it's it's been a year. It's like, been a year. It's been a year. Yeah, and I feel like. Two, I like going to the movies. I really love going yeah. to the movies. And with small kids, it can be difficult to find the time at home to watch a, a not, you know, a whatever, like an adult movie or whatever, a family movie, right? Yeah. Not a family mu- movie. Um, you know, so even things that are like PG and up, it can be hard to find yeah. time yeah. to watch. So the, the, you know, it's limited what I've seen, but... There have been a couple times I've been able to see a film, and the first one I'll just mention that I thought was wonderful was a a, a, a movie called Pig that stars Nicolas Cage, and the concept is really strange. At first, he is this kind of tortured soul who lives with a truffle-hunting pig in the Northwest, and I won't ruin it, but the pig's basically stolen, and there are these... The, the question the movie asks is... Um, you think he's about to do his typical Nicolas Cage thing where he goes on a revenge deal. And instead, some other stuff happens that's really redemptive. And so mm-hmm. even writers were kind of struggling to know how to talk about the movie and noticing these tones of redemption yeah. in a very secular film. And so it kind of threw them off. So that's one that was big for me. Uh, another one was The Green Knight. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, it's starred Dev Patel, who is, he's a great actor. Um, he was in Slumdog Millionaire like oh, yeah, years yeah. and years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, he plays Gawain, the Green Knight, uh, from the the Knight of the Round Table, King Arthur's Round Table. Yeah. And the, that is another movie that's all about redemption. The whole okay. premise of the movie is redemption. And um, it's also very fantastical. And the the way it's shot and the, the way the story's told is like really interesting. So both of those were incredible films. Uh, and if you have a chance to see either of them, I think you would enjoy them. So yeah. And I can't, I can't speak to their ratings or anything because I don't remember, but um, I think both of them are fairly clean. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Mm. For me, uh, I tend to watch documentaries. Yes. So I watched Tina Turner's documentary. Ooh. First of What's all, it called? You, is it just Tina? Tina? Okay. It's Tina. Okay. If you have not listened to Tina Turner, oh, man. you need to turn this podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to What's Love Got to Do With It or Simply mm. the Best or... Um, she just has so many good songs, but it just talks about her life. And Tina has got to be in her seventies. Um, and so I feel like this movie was her last, like, I'm talking to y'all. I'm giving you my art. Now let me go and Mm kind of live the rest of my life. Is she in, is she in it current? Like, is she in the documentary? Yeah, she's in it and she's in it talking. Um, and I mean, a big part of Tina's story is her marriage to Ike Turner and the years of domestic violence that she experienced. And so what you see in the movie is that she really was never able to get beyond that, even after she was able to get out and make a whole new career for herself. Like every time she sits down to talk to a journalist, they ask her about her marriage, like 40 years after she's been divorced from this guy. Mm -hmm. And so having to relive the trauma of all of those years over and over and over again. Um, Even she made the movie What's Love Got to Do With It, Angela Bassett. And there's a scene where they're all at the table, like the release party. 
And she's talking about, she's like, I don't need to watch the movie. I lived it. Like, I don't need to watch this stuff. (laughs) And so what stood out to me in her movie was what artists go through to give us their art. Mm. Like, she has beautiful music, but the amount of pain that she went through to be able to give us um, a commentary on the world, a discussion about love and relationships and family Mm -hmm. and the brokenness, like, all of that. Like, you look at her story. The same was with Whitney Houston's documentary that came out the year before. Right. Mm-hmm. It just is... A lot of times we just consume art, and we don't realize what people go through to produce the art that they give us. Yep. And sometimes I'm like, man, that's not worth it to me for you to have to experience mm. that so I can just have some songs. Now, I enjoy and am thankful for what Tina has contributed to music, but it's just very sobering at the life she lived, how she was an overcomer, but still like is marred by that um and through it all gave us beautiful music that's that's a really interesting mm-hmm. thought insight. because it's yeah it's a really interesting insight i i haven't thought about i've thought about the fact that art, beautiful art can often come from pain and that almost has a gospel quality to it but the pain the pain that the person has to live with that's a really that's yeah. really good yeah i think one of the best ways you pay honor to them is actually listening to the the album for what it is from beginning to end. <laughs> That's a yeah. good point. Uh, shout out Adele for making them do that on. <laughs> yes, uh, she made them do it on Spotify. Spotify. She was like, "Don't let people shuffle my album. Like I made it a certain way. Make it to where they have to listen to wow. it from front to back." I love that because she's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, movies for me. There's two. I also like documentaries. Um, and so neither of these are like direct. The first one's a biopic. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. That's the one movie I've seen this year in, <laughs> in the actual theater. Um, but it was so done so well. I had been listening to a um, a biography of his uh, on like an Audible, like a little bit before the movie came out, yeah. and then I didn't even know it was coming out. And I went and watched it, uh, me and my wife, and it was um, it and another movie that I'm, I mentioned. I think one of the things that was so cool to me was just seeing even in uh that that kind of stage in like civil rights era just like how much complexity there was around how people were trying to uh fix the problem quote unquote right and just there can be this um assumption that's like you know everybody's on one accord of exactly what the issue is Mm -hmm, and like how we fix the issue and it's like even within um the black community, like the different efforts that people were trying to do and uh, the work he was trying to do in bringing all of those together, but not even just for African-Americans, for uh, lower class whites, for Puerto Ricans. Like he was. And it was Fred Hampton, right? Fred Hampton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was, it was really interesting. Um, And then of course, seeing how the government was conspiring against him and just how all of that inner working was. Um, the second one, um, was, um, One Night in Miami. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, it's not like a true story, obviously, but it, it takes, um, Malcolm X, Cassius Clay, uh, Jim Brown and Sean, uh, Sam Cooke. And like, they're all in this one hotel room together for this night. And it kind of does a similar thing. Like they're having conversations, you know, Malcolm X is real militant and, you know, like, Oh, we could do this and do this for the movement. And he's like, Sam cook, you got all these people, you know, listening to your tape and you're just talking about nothing. Like you could be basically indoctrinating people with 
the true thing. And he's saying, like, I am doing something, whereas, you know, people are going through all these difficult things in right. life. And it's like, man, just to give them something beautiful to listen to that can, where you can smile and dance and, like, for a moment just be taken away Almost like that that picture of imagine yeah. of like we don't just have to sit in like what is mm-hmm. it it there's a there's a tie between like being aware and being sober about like okay this is the situation but then also having the imagination to see something greater than that yeah. uh, you have to you know I think about Dr King like he embodied both of those he mm-hmm. knew what was going on but he had an imagination for something better and like holding both of those intention allows you to work towards a solution but. Yeah, it was just, it was cool to see them wrestling. Um, and it was encouraging to see that, like, there's space mm-hmm. for multiple perspectives. Because I think even today, like, I've run into, you know, everyone saying, like, if you're not doing it this way, then you're not, you're not woke. You're not for the cause. You got to do this. You got to do that. Sure. And it's like, there's always been that. Yeah. Um, that tension. Yep. That tension. Yeah. Yep. And nuance and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. History, especially popular history, tends to paint the world in a really simplistic way. Mm-hmm. And whenever you talk to the people who were there or remember it, none of them offer anything simple about <laughs> exactly. it, you know? At all. Uh, I love that. I didn't know that that was a film, but that sounds incredible. I've seen that on Amazon. Is it Amazon Prime? Can you get it on? It's either on Amazon or Hulu. Okay. I think it's Amazon, and though. And i passed by it, and I need to watch it. Yeah, oh, that's it's good. Great. It. it, like, starts out kind of, like, slow, and you're like, what? And then, like, once it picks up, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I got one more. Okay. <laughs> um, Ma Rainey. Uh, oh, oh, it is so good. It is a, um, so she was a jazz, uh, like a blues singer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, known as like the mother of the blues. And it actually was a play. It was one of the f- last things I think also that uh, Chadwick Boseman was yeah. in. Wow. And so, yeah, they, a little bit after he passed, they, it released. Okay. And, um. Viola Davis mm-hmm. plays Ma Rainey, and she's just incredible. Wow. Um, but that's another one you should watch. Just got to throw that out there. Uh, okay. Honorable mention. Okay. It's great. Come on. It's great. I feel like, isn't this the season where they start to release all the movies before Oscar season comes out or something <laughs> like that? Yeah, I feel like that. Movies and music, they wait till now, so like it'll be the last thing you yeah, remember yeah. so yeah. they can get that award. Right. So this will probably come out in a few weeks, and by then all this new stuff will be released, and everybody will be like mad, like, well, what about this movie? And it's like, we didn't see it. We didn't we see didn't. it. We didn't see we it. Didn't. Sorry. And even we if didn't. it had been out, we probably wouldn't yeah. have seen it yet. <laughs> right, because listen, we obviously are struggling to go to the movie yeah, <laughs> for multiple true. reasons. It's like they were closed or something. <laughs> I think uh, I think one thing that's important just to remember is, like, this is a fun episode to do, but it's also... this. Culture happens through media. I mean, yeah. that's, that's now where our stories are told. So whether that's a book, which some people would say is sort of like a failing media genre. Uh, people don't read like they used to, right? Whether that's um, a movie or whether that's music, um, that's that's where the uh, currency of public ideas kind of find their place now, obviously online and things like that too. But, but I think it's important to actually know what we're consuming uh, and the ones that have touched us or the ones that say something about the world that we live in uh, that we think is important. And so whether it, you know, to your point about Sam Cooke, whether it's just something beautiful to offer people in a difficult time um, or whether it's to make a really hard comment about life right now, right? Um, each of those things are really valuable and to get to talk about them with you guys is super fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Tchau. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode was produced by Adam Hawkins and was edited and mixed by Chris Dare. Additional recording help from Chelsea Cohen. One of the best ways you can help others find our show is to leave us a review, so please take a minute to rate us. Also, follow us on Instagram and support our patron page at patron.podbean.com backslash culture matters. See you next time. Thank you.